Hey everyone and welcome to another edition of the Jim and the King NFL Podcast. I'm Jim, not sitting anywhere near to my left is the King, and I'm here to talk about some NFL. So uh, this is a bit of an interesting situation. Um, as you guys know, we're now deep into December, so first of all, Merry Christmas to all of you. But as you know, with the holidays, things start encroaching on your personal life, uh, and for several reasons, the King is not available this week. Um, doing some public speaking arrangements, I'm guessing, or uh, sailing around on his yacht with a bunch of supermodels. Whatever he's doing, he's not able to do the podcast. So what do I always do if I'm in a pinch or for any reason? Um, I contact Punk Raider, and he always comes in and helps me out, like the second dad I never had. Um, but of course, Punk Raider's not available either. So <laughs> it's just me. It's just me. It was completely unplanned to be this way. Um, no rabbits and up my sleeve or anything like that. So I do want to talk about some games because there were loads of games that happened last week and lots of fun stuff happened in them. Um, lots of horrific things happened in them as well. So I want to cut through some of those. And yeah, I loved in the podcast anyway. So let's see how we do. Um, it does mean that there's no one shackling me this week, so I get to be as uh, biased as I like. <laughs> um, I'll try and, be, try and be professional. So, the good news is, of course, that because we recorded late last week, we've already talked about the Falcon Saints game uh, that happened. So I'd have to do that again. So I've only got to do 15 games. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, so let's start with the San Francisco 49ers going to the Houston Texans. And... Good win for San Francisco. That's their second win in a row now. Um, I guess we can call that a streak. Uh, they won 26 points to 16. And the good news for San Fran was that they were in control of this game for the majority of it. Uh, Houston got out to a 3 nothing lead, but San Fran had 13 points on the board by halftime. Um, and then kept on the pressure. Jimmy Garoppolo is getting better with every game. Um, he's using Marcus Goodwin, who's getting over 100 uh, yards a game pretty consistently now. But the real turning point in this game happened in the second quarter where Tom Savage took a savage hit. Um, I think everyone's seen it by now. You know, he goes down in the end zone and the guy's shaking. These are the kind of things that you just never want to see in the game. We all like um, tough hits and um, I'm usually quite lenient with defenders. I don't think it was defenders' fault. There was nothing... Um, intentional there to try and hurt Savage but for whatever reason it looked like it was a pretty blatant concussion that had occurred it almost looked like a seizure was happening um, immediately after the play so that's the end of the series he goes out, he gets investigated by the the doctors and he does go back in uh, for the next series doesn't do much obviously a couple of incompletions and comes out again and it's at that point that uh, they take him to the tent and they start evaluating him again. And that is when they refuse to let him back onto the field, despite him trying to get back on and arguing with the trainers. It's one of those things that you see with professional footballers. You know, they want to play the game and they don't potentially understand in the heat of the moment that they are not fully capable. And it's really not on them to 
to pull them from the game. It's on the if it's not on the team that that want their team to win, if they're not going to police this, it needs to be on not even the team doctors. The team doctors we know from the past can be still biased towards getting that player back on the field. They have, you know, targets to make sure the players are healthy. It needs to be independent adjudicators. That's what we're supposed to have in the NFL this season were medical professionals on the sidelines that if there was the potential for a concussion to have happened to a player for this person who is completely independent of the two teams that are playing to be able to look at that player and give a a proper diagnosis. Hasn't happened in this case. Hasn't happened. And it's one of those things, and if I have to keep wearing this badge, you know, until they really take some precautions about it, about pulling a... If you you can't stop the hit in the first place, you've got to be able to pull that player from the game um, and have the authority to do it and not rely... You can't rely on the teams because... At the end of the day, their their idea is next man up, you know, and it's about getting the win. They'll deal with the other things later. But, yeah, it wasn't great to see. And TJ Yates comes in. The good news for Houston is that, you know, they have got <laughs> relatively similar backups in quality. TJ Yates isn't the worst quarterback in the world. He has played games in the NFL before. He's won games in the NFL before. <laughs> Talk to the Bengals about that one. Um... But yeah, he comes in, he throws a couple of touchdowns, has a good second half. It's not enough for Houston. Uh, They can't get a win right now, despite the fact that DeAndre Hopkins just can't stop putting up huge fantasy points. I think another two touchdowns today for DeAndre. Um, No, I'll have to check this, I think, because he's just playing too good. It doesn't matter who's throwing at him. He got two touchdowns, 149 yards on 11 receptions for DeAndre Hopkins. doesn't matter who's throwing at him. Sean Watson obviously is the right one to be throwing at him, but Tom Savage was almost exclusively using Hopkins through the game. TJ Yates is clever enough to know that that's where your bread, your bread is buttered, so just keep doing that. And uh, like I said they got to 16 points, but Jimmy G's got the, the 49ers into a much more positive frame of mind. You know, I like CJ Beathard. I think he had a tough go. But he was definitely strong, and he wasn't a bad quarterback for when he was playing his games. They just weren't winning. And losses breed more losses. You can speak to the Jags or, or even the Browns about that one now. But when you get someone that comes in with that air of confidence, he's definitely got that. And you can see that Shanahan is starting to really believe in him now. Now that he's learning the playbook um, and putting up better points every time. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does this week. Fingers crossed he keeps that progression going because it'd be great to see Jim Garoppolo make him a success of himself in the NFL um, and show that the Patriots don't always make the right move uh, when they're wheeling and dealing with players. So that was the 49ers game against the Texans. Well done to the 49ers. Bad luck for the Texans, but I think you kind of felt that once Deshaun Watson went down, that season was kind of scuppered anyway, and you'll have to wait till next year and give it a fresh go. And fingers crossed everyone stays healthy, especially Deshaun. So, that's the first game done. Let's talk about those Bengals. Let's talk about those Bengals, because they were at home. They took a mean loss the week before. They get Chicago come in. Uh, Chicago run a five-game losing streak. Yet the Bears managed to win 33 points to seven. All of Cincinnati's points came in the first quarter. And after that, zip. So, Chicago scored six, six, seven, and 14 points in each quarter. It was pretty consistent. I think, again, 
Chicago know what they're doing. They're running the ball. All the plaudits afterwards came for Mitch Trubisky because he had um, 271 yards passing and a touchdown. But really, his stats weren't that different. He's been very consistent in his pass completion. It's around 70%, 60 to 70%. Um, but some of the games he only throws 15 times. This game he was allowed to throw 32 times. It's about the opposition. It's about who, what they give you. And fortunately for the Bears right now, the Bengals will give you an awful lot. The Bengals, they were a threat for the Steelers. As a Steelers fan, I'm always worried at the start of a season about what Bengals team is Because they do have a lot of talent on that roster. AJ Green torches us on a regular basis. And he seems to do quite well against a lot of people. But this week, the only person doing really anything for the Bengals was Giovanni Bernard. He was their most productive rusher. And he was their most productive receiver as well. And when you've got Giovanni Bernard, who's five foot nothing, I'm guessing, as your best receiver, something's going wrong there. Something fundamentally is wrong in Cincinnati. They've got the stink on them now. Um, and it's going to be tough for them to win another game moving forward. I think they've got the Browns uh, won their games. I have to look into that in a minute. But it was the right time for the Bears to get this matchup, even though they were away. Um they've got that kind of ground and pound game with Jordan Howard uh, it was a great uh, performance for him 147 yards and 2 touchdowns on the on the ground uh, Kendall Wright with 107 yards on 10 receptions there was just nothing stopping them but as, as much as I loathe uh, giving praise to Drabisky, I'm not going to so I'm going to say that the Bengals are banged up in their secondary they didn't have um, Pac-Man Jones they didn't have Vontez Perfect, who, well, for right or wrong reasons, uh, isn't there. Um, and there are a couple of other players just missing across that secondary. So they missed another linebacker. Um, and Drake Patrick, I don't think it was in there either. So they had problems. Joe Mixon uh, went out with a concussion as well. So Andy Dalton's not the kind of guy that's going to win you the game. I think Cincinnati fans know that now. But there's not much they can do about it because... With the rest of that talented roster they had, they're getting the wins to not give themselves the good draft position, which is what the King always talks about with the Chargers. So they're going to keep going around this <laughs> this loop. Um, they've got their Arsene Wenger as head coach with Marvin Lewis, the guy that's been there for donkey's years and has just forgotten really how to have a winning season or a productive season into the playoffs. It's up to the Bengals what they want to do next. You know, There are calls after this game for Marvin Lewis to be fired, should be calls for Marvin Lewis to be fired years ago. At the end of the day, the owners don't seem to care. If they get their five or six wins, it looks like the Bengals' ownership are okay with that. Maybe they've just got a good relationship with Marvin Lewis and you're worried about what's going to happen if you bring in a different head coach. It's better the devil you know. For whatever reason, they're not moving on from that, that front office. On the other side, yeah, you can give props to Mitch Trubisky. Um, but it was a bad Spengals team that he was playing here. They were bad. Banged up on defense, clueless on offense, and they got the win. So I think it it looks better than it was for Chicago. Don't get me wrong. You scored 33 points. You should be happy. You scored every quarter. So it was consistent. Um, but at the same time, just call your Jets a little bit on the, on your quarterback. He's been doing the same kind of thing every week. It's just... The bad teams will let him get away with an extra uh, couple of hundred yards. 
So, that's two games down. <laughs> Let's go on to Buffalo. Uh, this was the one that people that even who don't like NFL uh, at least saw some clips of it because don't know if you know, but Buffalo's quite cold, especially in December, and they had just like 14 inches of snow or something. It was ridiculous. We've seen the uh, snow games before. The most recent one I can remember was, I think it was Philadelphia against the Lions, where Megatron got his um, helmet full of snow. That's not a euphemism. But it was the Colts' turn to go up there, and, well, I don't know. It wasn't much to talk about, really. Uh, So few... uh, attempts at throwing because you just can't catch the ball it's so cold the snow kept coming down they had to keep getting the leaf blowers out to try and clear some yard markers um it did mean that you know the running backs were going to have a bit of fun and of course the Sean McCoy is the main beneficiary of that 156 yards rushing and touchdown uh, on the ground on 32 carries Nathan Peterman went out with a concussion in the first half sorry third quarter which meant that Joe Webb had to come in and finish out the game. Now, the only thing I want to say about this game, first of all, um, well done to Kelvin Benjamin for actually catching a touchdown pass in this game, because that in itself is an achievement. But uh, really, the Colts were robbed of this game. They went down, they scored a touchdown, they then converted the two-point conversion, which would have made it eight points to seven. But... uh, for whatever reason, the refs decided to give an OPI call against Kamar Aiken. And I don't know, how do you get an OPI when it's only on the two-yard line? I don't know. I don't know. But Jack Doyle, he'd caught the touchdown. He then caught the two-point conversion. They wiped it from the board. Um, and it meant that the Colts were still uh, got to seven points with the extra point kick by Vinatieri. But it allowed the Bills to then take it to overtime. And that's when they managed to get the the player was only down to like five minutes left in overtime but nothing was happening you couldn't really move the ball so they did rob the Colts they were about a minute left when that touchdown went in um, absolutely gutting for them and plus I'd, uh, I'd bet on the Colts to win that game so I was pretty annoyed as well but uh, regardless that was never um, a flaggable offence what happened on that two point conversion uh, Jack Doyle did what he was supposed to so did Jacoby Brissett well, there you go. Them's the breaks. And, yeah, it means that the Bills are still, I think, in contention in the AFC East. Uh, but only just. And I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't bet on them having a, a large run into the playoffs. It looks like, well, hopefully Peter will be back for the game. Um, but if not, then you're looking at Joe Webb starting for the Bills this weekend. Yikes. Talking of quarterbacks uh, being a bit yikes. Eli Manning was back for the Giants, so it only took one game for them to get rid of McAdoo after benching Eli Manning. Eli comes back in, crowd loves him, you know, he's delivered them two Super Bowls, fair enough, but uh, they took a loss at home to their division rival Dallas Cowboys, 30 points to 10 was the final score, and it was really Dak Prescott getting back on track. He had a really good game, and... It was just nice to see because he has had some knockers since uh, Ezekiel Elliott went out. But three touchdown passes for Prescott, no interceptions. Beat up on a bad Giants team. (sighs) No one likes Ben McAdoo. I don't think, you know, I'm not going to start defending Ben McAdoo. I'm just going to say that he's not the only problem in New York for Big Blue, okay? They've got a lot of problems on that team. And 
you know, Steve Spagnolo is no head coach either. It's just the interim, I know, but he's not going to be the one to really turn that team around. Good news for uh, the Cowboys was that they found someone else uh, to do some running for them other than Alfred Morris, and that was Rod Smith, uh, third year running back, oh, sorry, fullback. Um, 113 yards and the touchdown on the ground. He also did more in the receiving game as well. Um, yeah, looks like they don't have to wait for Elliot to come back. Just hang on a minute. Ezekiel Elliot, Rod Smith, Elliot Smith. No, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I'll let you decide that one. No, sorry, hang on. Rod Smith did 113 yards in the receiving game. That's crazy. On five catches, Alfred Morris was their biggest uh, rusher with 62 yards. Um, but yeah, Eli threw two interceptions to Jeff uh, Jeff Heath and Sean Lee. One was a, a tip pick for for Sean Lee. You know, those are linebackers. Those are old guys. You shouldn't be throwing picks to those ones. If you're throwing those, then you probably are doing something wrong. But that's Eli for you. Controversial. <laughs> Other than that, I think everyone was going to call this game for the Cowboys. Nothing really went too shocking in that game. Uh, n- nothing was scored at, after half time for the Giants either. So, shut them down. The 20 points for Dallas actually came in the fourth quarter, so they left it late. But there you go. Dak had a good game. Well done. Oh, if there's any background noise, it's because I'm obviously not in the King's penthouse. Uh, I am at home, and I live next to the, the freeway, so <laughs> let's have a look at the Detroit Lions going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where we thought that uh, Matt Stafford might not play, it was a game-time decision, uh, thanks to the bruised hand, uh, he did play, and as a result, Tampa, uh, Detroit got the win, 24 points to 21, um, pretty consistent scoring from the Lions as well, they scored three touchdowns in the first three quarters, the Bucks tried to mount a comeback. They scored 14 points in the fourth, but it just wasn't enough. So, yeah, good win for Denver. I don't want to talk too much about this game because it's just it is what it is. Uh, no one really did too much in the game, and there wasn't much to say about it really. You know, I think the King picked the Bucks, which is obviously hilarious. Um, but I think if uh, if Stafford hadn't been the game time decision, I think he would have probably gone for the. But I'd like to think you'd have gone for the, the Lions in that, that instance. They're just a better team than the Bucks right now. The Bucks have been a massive disappointment. Um, I've got nothing else to say about that game. I don't know. Maybe you have. If you have, then let me know. But, uh, yeah. Just no one really did anything. I mean, Eric Ebron was the, the best receiver. So what are you going to do? I want to move on and talk about the Carolina Panthers against the Minnesota Vikings. Because the Vikings have been absolutely tearing up the NFC really under the radar because of the Eagles progression but yeah the Vikings are being the Vikings we thought they were going to be last year then they go up against the Panthers had a down year last year after their kind of Super Bowl hangover but the Panthers have been really impressive and the Panthers got the win 31 points to 24 um I think you're looking at Jonathan Stewart, really. We've got to give him some props, haven't we? 103 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. It was just another impressive performance by Jonathan Stewart. You know, he's... Some games he'll be completely anonymous. 
And that's because you've got a quarterback that loves to take it himself. Yeah, he loves to pretend to hand off the ball, read the defense, and if they give him a sniff at seven yards, he's taking it every time. So, yeah, good game for Jonathan Stewart. And if you held him in your fantasy team, then, yeah, you should be proud about that because that was a long game. That was a long game plan for you to try and get some points out of that. Uh, but yeah, Cam had a good game, 137 yards um, <laughs> through the air, another 70 on the ground. <laughs> and you know, the thing about Cam is that after the game, he goes out and he talks. I don't know why he keeps doing these pre- press conferences. Maybe this team have got to step in and say someone else should come out and do these things because he seems to just put his foot in his mouth every single time. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but he was he dropped in the comment about kind of having to play beyond the coaching, or you know the coaching was kind of holding him back. But you know, he still got the win anyway. <sighs> what do you say to that? What do you say to that? <sighs> the same way that we had to go at Ben McAdoo for throwing Eli Manning or other players under the bus, whether you believe it or not, you can't come out and say that in public. I don't even think Cam thinks he can say it in public. He just does it. I just think there's no filter between his head and his mouth. But he's still a good quarterback, so what are you going to do? Devin Funchess had 59 yards and a touchdown in the game. Adam Thielen was the bright spark, really, for the Minnesota offense. 105 yards and a touchdown on six catches. Um, Although he had 13 targets, so Case Keenan wasn't that accurate in the game. Two touchdowns, but two interceptions as well. Not the best game. Not the best game for Case. Um, and at the same time, they, the Panthers were very good at shutting down the run game. So Jarek McKinnon only had 46 yards. Latavius Murray had 14 yards. So they shut out the run game. Yeah, okay, they were caught over the top a couple of times. Stefan Diggs had 64 yards. Carl Rudolph, 41 yards and a touchdown. But I think the defense allowed that. They just would not get beat on the ground. And, yeah, so another good game for that Carolina defense. James Bradbury got the uh, interception as well as Daryl Worley. Um, What that means for the rest of the year? Well, I think the Panthers are going to be overlooked quite heavily. Maybe we should start taking them more seriously because they're 9-4 and four now. And I think it's because the Saints are in the same division because the Saints have had such a great run. But the Panthers have been very quietly racking up these wins. And the fact they've just made a statement win against this Minnesota team. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I think it says a lot about both these teams. Maybe Minnesota haven't haven't got enough to get over the hump this year. Maybe Carolina do. I don't think either of them do, actually. <laughs> they seem to have cancelled each other out in this game. It's such a head-scratcher for me. But we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. I'm guessing both will get through to the playoffs. But whether any of them are going to be in the NFC Championship game, I'm not as sure now about the Vikings as I was before this game. Next one, the Green Bay Packers at the Cleveland Browns. It took overtime, but the Packers did get the win, 27 points to 21. Um, Really frustrating, because the Browns are getting so close. They found new and inventive ways to hurt their fans. They were 14 points up going into the fourth quarter against Brett Hundley's Green Bay Packers. 
You know, it was 7-7 at the end of the first quarter, but by the end of the third, they were 21-7 to up. And they just, they allowed Green Bay back into the game. Josh Gordon had his first, um, sorry, had a, a touchdown in the game. It was so good to see. Uh, that was his first touchdown since he came back after three years. He deserved that, you know, over 60 yards uh, catching. He's just a really good player. And the, I think it shows that you just can't hold him down. The only thing is you can hold down the Browns team as a as a whole unit. Um, so precious little else was going too well. Although you've got to say Isaiah Crowell, 121 yards rushing. What's happened with the Packers' defense? You know they all had a good front seven, but didn't work out that way too much. Um, Corey Coleman got a touchdown for the the Cleveland Browns. Added Duke Johnson. So. On the other side, though, it was um, Devontae Adam that got the overtime touchdown. 84 yards and two touchdowns. Jamal Williams had another good game, uh, both in the rushing and the passing game. So he had 15 carries for 49 yards and a touchdown on the ground. And in the air, he was their second-best uh, receiver. So he had 69 yards and a touchdown again. So if you picked up Jamal Williams late on in the season, congratulations you've done all right picked up Aaron Jones not so much he did minus two yards in the rushing game for the Packers so that's that two big bits of news then after the inevitable defeat for the Browns um first one was that John Dorsey the ex ex chief GM has uh, come in after the Browns fired Sashi Brown their GM of all of one season I think maybe two seasons they had Sashi Brown there uh that's a good move for for Cleveland John Dorsey is a well-respected GM. He's put some good people into the um, the Chiefs squad. Um, that's an interesting one, actually. I don't know. I don't know if we really talked about the the GM switch for the Chiefs, but it's very similar to their kicker switch. So, if you remember, Cario Santos was their kicker for a long time, breaking records for the Chiefs. Very good, just like John Dorsey. Very well-respected. Made some good moves in the drafts. All of a sudden, the Chiefs decide, eh, okay, Coruscant, you're injured, we'll get rid of you, we found Harrison Butker. Um, and the Chiefs found the new GM as well, and I can't remember his name, which is really annoying, but they decided that he was the new guy that was going to take him forwards, and actually, as good as John Dorsey was, they had an even better opportunity um, in front of them, so they took it. So John Dorsey has been waiting for another opportunity to come into the league, and it's only been a matter of time. Um, so I think it's a good move for Cleveland. Of course, the first thing he does is release Kenny Britt, one of the few Cleveland wide receivers. Um, that smacks of a um, a statement move for me. As a new GM, you've got to make a statement. Um, and kicking out someone like Kenny Britt, who's a journeyman uh, wide receiver by now, you've got better wide receivers there with Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman, even Seth DeValve and uh, David Njoku are good targets for the receiver. Uh, receiving game so you can get rid of a, an older guy like Kenny Britt and still feel relatively comfortable with what you're doing um, plus it stamps your authority on the team something that uh, uh, someone in the front office in Cleveland needs to do it does mean at the moment that Hugh Jackson is still there hasn't got a good record so you'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt we know he's a good coach whether he's just a good offensive coordinator or whether he, he's actually a head coach I don't know. I don't think he's a good head coach, but looks like he's going to get a little bit more opportunity 
and fingers crossed they can do some more work in the next draft and get some wins. Although it it kind of would be nice to see that parade they're talking about doing if they do go sixteen and uh, oh and sixteen oh and sixteen. Uh, that'd be so Browns <laughs> to have a parade go oh and sixteen. Um, the big news, of course, for the Packers was that Aaron Rodgers, the saviour of the Green Bay Packers, um, is cleared to play this Sunday. So, yeah. Um, Packer team's been lording up like it's 2010. I don't know what, what you're supposed to say to Green Bay Packer fans. Um, congratulations, you've got your quarterback uh, returning for you. But really... Yeah, okay. They got some wins. Brett Hundley had a good game against the Browns. He did uh, 265 yards passing with three touchdowns. No interceptions. He did 31 yards rushing on the uh, seven scrambles, including a 19-yard 19 19-yard run. So, yeah, it wasn't a bad game for Brett Hundley. He's been getting more confident as he's gone. And obviously, if you get thrown teams like the, the Cleveland Browns, it's going to help. It's going to help. You know, it's not the Seahawks, is it? So... Yeah, good win for the Packers. They're still in contention in the AFC, which, which is why um, the Packers fans are getting excited. But uh, it, it still seems like they're a few years away from being actual contenders. I know that Aaron Rodgers is a game changer, but there's too many holes in that team that he's been papering over. We'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks, but that's my feeling on it, really, is that even if Green Bay do get through to the playoffs, which will be a big stretch um, in that division. The Vikings are too far ahead as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do in the playoffs. Let's see if they prove me wrong. Only hopefully got a few more to go, I think. Oh my God, no, I haven't. I've got loads. <laughs> okay, Kansas City against Oakland. Um, Kansas City won the game at home, 26 points to 15. It's been a bad old run for the Chiefs, but... Again, you get thrown a bad team, and you get the win. So, um, congratulations to the Chiefs. Kareem Hunt finally getting used again properly. 116 yards in the touchdown for him. Tyreek Kill had 75 yards as well. Um, they were just all over the Raiders. You know, The Raiders didn't score 15 points till the fourth quarter. They were completely obliterated from this game. Kansas City put up all, put up all their 26 points by the, by the fourth. So, they're just garbage time points. Derek Carr has not been playing well all season. He did 211 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions in this game. Only good bit for um, the Raiders came when Marshall Lynch busted that uh, touchdown run. Uh, 27 yards he ran for it, but he did 61 in total for the game. Other than that, okay, Jared Cook got a touchdown, 75 yards. Like I said, they're, they're all garbage time points. This isn't what you wanted. This isn't what we're expecting from the Oakland Raiders at the start of this season. They've been such a disappointment. Um, can't wait for the season to end for them so we can start the autopsy and what now happened. But two interceptions for Kansas City came from Stephen Terrell and Terrence Mitchell. Um, that's it. I don't want to spend too much time on this game. I've got so much to go through. Really, you know... If the Chiefs hadn't had such a bad streak going, we wouldn't even be questioning why there was a win for the Chiefs. But, you know, it's just been, I think it was five games or four, four or five games skid. They just weren't winning, and it gave the Raiders a, a sniff when you're thinking about who's going to win this game. Both um, Seattle Dave and 
the King picked the Chiefs to win this game. Um, just shows how badly the Razors have fallen off this season. Really, really strange. Uh, let's move on. Uh, who we got next? Let's do the Denver Broncos against the New York Jets. Now this, this is a really, really interesting one because <laughs> what the hell happened to the Jets? They were playing so well the last few weeks. You know, you got Josh McCown throwing it like you know it's nineteen ninety nine for him. Uh, you've got Robbie Anderson catching balls like he's trying to get to the Pro Bowl, and you've got a Denver team that couldn't move anything. Couldn't move anything, and all of a sudden they get a game where they just put up just kind of stupid numbers. Trevor Simeon had such a good game for him: two hundred yards and a touchdown, no interceptions, uh, QB rating of seventy three. Whereas Josh McCown had 46 yards and an interception before he went off with a broken hand, okay? Now, I know what you're going to say, because he did go out with a broken hand, and that meant uh, Bryce Petty had to come in for the rest of the game. But the Denver Broncos were 13 nothing up before that injury happened, okay? So they had complete control of the game. If you've been watching it as well, it, the Jets just didn't turn up. Did not turn up at all. Bilal Powell, 35 yards. Matt Forte, 13 yards. You know, Robbie Anderson, 27 yards. I'm talking about these are the top scorers for for New York. It was embarrassing. There's no other word for it. This is a game that people were predicting were going to win. King predicted it. Seattle Dave predicted it. I predicted it. I think Denver Dave probably predicted it as well. Um, He's obviously very happy, and I'm sure other Denver fans are as well. uh, You know, because... Demaris Thomas got 93 yards in the touchdown. CJ Anderson did over 50 yards in t- on scrimmage. So they played well. They played well against a team that was actually putting a bit of a run together. Um, and Darian Stewart got an interception as well. Other than that, you know, what, what else do you say about this game? Denver have got the opportunity at home for Simeon to sometimes play well. The problem with Trevor Simeon is he's just too inconsistent. And it does rely on other players stepping up. This game, it was Demarius Thomas. But who's to say next week they're not going to get trounced like they normally do? Um, as far as the Jets are concerned, I don't know, maybe they were worried about their uh, their draft position. <laughs> maybe it started to get to them. They're 5-8. and eight. Um, Still a better record than the Denver Broncos, who are 4-9. and nine. So... Yeah, I don't know. I don't, if anyone from the, if any Jets fan can explain why they didn't get a point in this game, um, and without blaming on Josh McCown having a broken hand when they were thirteen nothing down, please let me know because I don't know. I thought this was going to be a game the Jets were going to win. <laughs> they didn't. They did not win this game. Uh, very comfortable for the Broncos in the end, and it's you know I think it's it's nice for them. They they need some of those wins. They've got a good fan base. Um. But it was an eight-game skid they stopped with that shutout. Congratulations, Denver, I guess. Uh, let's go to LA and the Chargers. Well, they've just racked up their fourth straight win, this time against the Washington Redskins. Um, long way to come from uh, from Washington to get to the LA Chargers stadium. But, uh, yeah, 30 points to 13 was the final score. Really, Washington wasn't in this game. You know, it was 23-6 to six at half-time. Okay, LA took their foot off the gas a little bit after the third quarter touchdown. Um, and Washington got one touchdown in the fourth. But 
other than that, there's not an awful lot to say about this game. They were just completely outplayed. Washington, that is, obviously. Um, Samaj P. Ryan shut down again. 45 yards rushing. Um, yeah. <laughs> Melvin Gordon had a good game. 78 yards and a touchdown for him on the, on the ground. Um, it was Tyrell Williams, actually, was the best receiver of the day. 132 yards and a touchdown on four carries. Um, that including the 75-yard touchdown. But a uh, great game for him. Keenan Allen, 111 yards. Hunter Henry, 50 yards and a touchdown. So, yeah, good stats for LA uh, receivers. Um, other than that, not enough to say about this game either. You know, the Redskins are 5-8, and eight, same record as the, as the Jets. That's not a great season for the Redskins. They're expecting to be playoff contenders. They have been the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, their two best receivers, James, uh, Josh Doxon and Jameson Crowder, had 34 yards apiece. Okay, Vernon Davis got a touchdown, but it doesn't mean anything if you're not winning the games. And they're not getting, that wasn't even close to winning this game. They were as far out from winning this game as the Jets were from beating the Broncos. And that's all i got to say about that. Uh, yeah, Washington, you're not going to the playoffs. Chargers, looks like you are. You're Okay, the Chiefs got a win against a bad Oakland Raider team. But the Chargers are really knocking on that door in the, in the AFC West. And I don't think anyone's going to be surprised they've got a good team together. They've got a good team as long as everyone stays healthy. You know, there's there's almost no depth to that squad. So as long as they keep their, their 22 men all in place, they've got a chance of getting into the playoffs. What they do when they get there, that's anyone's guess. But they have got the pieces there as long as they can keep this run going. If they can put this pressure on the Chiefs, maybe the Chiefs fold. It's only a few games, actually, I think we need to talk about now. Um, first one is the Arizona Cardinals against the Tennessee Titans. And this was a win for the Arizona Cardinals, 12 points to 7. And all the points came from Phil Dawson's old leg. He scored four second-half field goals to win this game. Um, which just goes to show how bad the Tennessee Titans have been at the moment. I mean, how... D- they scored their touchdown in the second, half, second quarter, and that was it. That's it. I mean... If that's how Tennessee want to play games, then fine. But the Arizona Cardinals are banged up. Absolutely banged up. I mean, Peterson didn't play. He might not play again this season after that neck injury sustained against the Jags. <sighs> and Tennessee could have won that game, but they just didn't seem like they wanted to. It, you know, just everything was failing for them. Cohen Williams is playing okay for the the cards. He had 73 yards on the ground, number 15 in the air. The the thing that Tennessee need is the running game to work. And it just didn't. DeMarco Murray had 34 yards. Derek Henry had 20 yards. Got a touchdown, but... It's too few and far between, you know? They just weren't playing well enough to get the uh, to get the win. It, it kind of... It's a real head-scratcher for the Titans. They, they were neck and neck with the Jags for a long part of the season, but they're just really falling away. Um, which is a shame, because... Tennessee got some really good fans. They got some good players. They got a great uh, head writer, a head NFL writer in Jim White. 
but they're, they're playing some bad games and there were two turnovers in this game that were the real ones it was uh, yeah, who were the ones who did the interceptions I've got to shout them out Josh Bynes and Tremont Williams oh Tremont Williams another Packers callback uh, they both got interceptions in the game um, I think a Dory Jackson did he, how many times did he fumble in the game usually it's a couple of times anyway yeah Marcus Mariota quarterback rating of 15.3 don't think Blaine Gabbert got out of this one clean I mean he got a quarterback rating of 14.8 he didn't do anything any much better he didn't score any he didn't throw any interceptions but didn't score any touchdowns neither it's just the way it is sometimes relying on that leg of, uh, of Phil Dawson so congratulations Arizona uh, you are now 6-7 and seven and going nowhere. Um, just a few... Uh, so, four games left? Four games left. I'm already into the Sunday evening stuff. Big one was Philadelphia against the LA Rams. So, the Eagles stayed on the West Coast. Uh, played their game. They won it 43 points to 35. Um, but, <laughs> you know what happened... Carson Wentz gone and tore his ACL, didn't he? Uh, yeah, it's not good. Obviously, we want all the the players to be playing. Um, but there's a problem. As good as Carson Wentz has been this season, he does have a flaw, and that's that he doesn't like sliding. I don't know if you've noticed, but he takes a lot of hits. He extends the play really well. He's great at throwing on the run, but when he does run he does tend to lean with his head when he's going down and that play where you know it's, it's pretty obvious that, that it was a play that caused the, the ACL injury I know that some some people tried claiming he was injured before the hit happened yeah alright so he just magically tore his ACL before two rams sandwiched him on his legs not intentional not intentional just the way the play ran out but Carson put himself in that position he didn't have to run that in, you know. Sometimes you've got to play smart. He he puts his body on the line. And we've seen it too many times where if you take too many risks too often, especially against a good defense like the Rams, eventually they're going to catch you. And <laughs> just shows a measure of him that he threw a touchdown pass on the next play. But he was already injured and that's it for the season for... Wentz and potentially now the Eagles. The only good news for the, the Eagles, I can't believe I'm going to say this. The only good news for the Eagles is that they don't have a terrible backup quarterback. Nick Foles has been productive. Yeah, okay, it was 2009, I think, but um, we had his great season for the Eagles. But he has done it. He is a, a pocket passer, and they've got some good receivers now in Philadelphia. It's not the, the barren wasteland it was last season. Alshon Jeffrey should enjoy having someone throw to him down the field. He's been doing it so far this season. Um, Nelson Aguilar was there. Zach Ertz. Yeah, and they've still got the runners there. They've still got a good running game. There's no reason why this team can't continue to get wins. Okay? It's just not going to be as productive as when Carson Wentz was there. And maybe you see a, as big a fall off for the Eagles as you did for the Texans when Deshaun Watson went down. These kind of quarterbacks do make that kind of difference. So it's going to be interesting to see 
what Nick Foles can inspire from that Eagles offense because whatever they do will then translate through to the defense they both need to be working productively to get these wins uh, for the Rams okay they scored touchdowns in every quarter but this is a bad loss at home um, even though, I know it's I know it's the Eagles but that shows how well the Rams have played this year that they were in contention um, and probably feel bad about that loss you know the, the last play was um, just a scramble play that then turned into a defensive touchdown for the Eagles which kind of boosted the score a little bit but It's been a good season for the Rams, 9-4. and four. They're challenging for top spot in the NFC West. They might get it. You know, they've got to play the uh, the Seahawks this weekend, who are 8-5. and five. So they're still sitting on top. Um, but you've got to win your home games. You've got to win them. Even against the Eagles. <laughs> and, yeah... I don't know what else to say about that game, really. It's it's such a shame really, that we've lost Carson Wentz, but it was such a shame that we lost to Sean Watson. It's a lot. It's such a shame when we lose any any player. Um, yeah. And that's that game. That's what happened in that game. One of the shocks of the week was in Jacksonville, where this team seems to be getting some wins when they shouldn't be. The Pedigree Seattle Seahawks came into town to Duval County, but the Jags got the win, 30 points to 24. Great win for Jacksonville. I mean, it was only 3 nothing at half time for the Jags, but they put on 21 points in the sec- in the third quarter. It all went like it all came alive in in the second half. Um great game to watch. Back and forth. It, it was so tight and the defenses were were holding both teams in the first half. And you just both offences must have had a kick in at half time because they came out and started launching it um, Blake Bortles 268 yards and 2 touchdowns Russell Wilson 271 yards and 3 touchdowns but it was the 3 interceptions for Russell Wilson he was trying so hard you can't do that against um, Jalen Ramsey you just can't and AJ Boye on the other side got the 2 interceptions so Jalen Ramsey got 1 AJ Boye got 2 you might have got away with it before. You, you, Russell Wilson is great, absolutely amazing MVP candidate. But when you're launching ball, hopeful balls up against those two cornerbacks, he got everything he deserved from those plays. Uh, they were tracking the balls, they were covering uh, Tyler Lockett, Doug Baldwin, Paul Richardson. Not to say those players didn't have good games, because they still got production out of the receptions they did. Tyler Lockett had 90 yards on the touchdown. Doug Baldwin had 78 yards on the touchdown. Paul Richardson, 72 yards on the touchdown. But when you're taking those shots, you're also running the risk. On the other side, Keelan Cole had a great game. 91 yards on the touchdown for the Jags. D.D. Westbrook, finally doing something. 81 yards on the touchdown. Um, and Marquise Lee, 65 yards. The big thing for the Jags we said before the game was they needed the running game to be working and it did Leonard Fournette 101 yards rushing and a touchdown um, he did another 18 yards catching on 24 carries he was one of the big difference makers for Jacksonville they they needed that rounded game they needed to not just rely on Blake Bortles throwing the ball and Leonard Fournette gave him that out Chris Ivory as well helped out 48 yards 
on the other side, it was Mike Davis who had such a good game last week. Didn't have a bad game this week. 66 yards uh, rushing, but that was it, you know. That was it. So, it's just a great win for Jacksonville. They're not expecting to win, you know, historically, when a big team comes in, when a, a team with a winning record comes in, Jacksonville is supposed to fold. You know, scrape a loss in the last minute or something. This one, it was the other way around. They held on. Seattle got 14 points in the fourth quarter, but it didn't matter. Jacksonville got the win. They played really well on both sides of the ball. Um, Malik Jackson, Yannick Ngokwe got uh, sacks again, as per usual, you know. It's just becoming a habit for Saxonville. Saxonville. Um, and they're 9-4. and four. What a great record. Um, and actually, they're the number three seed in the AFC. I can't believe I'm saying it, but they're the number three seed in the AFC. And with Tennessee dipping, Jacksonville are getting a clear run now uh, to the playoffs. It would be great to see them in there because that defense deserves it. And the offense now seems more rounded as well. So, I wouldn't want to play them. I would not want to play them. Two games left. And it's the squeak of the week. And it had to be my Steelers, didn't it? 39 points to 38. They beat their bitter rivals, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be difficult to talk about this game, really, and uh, and stay professional. But great game. Ben Roethlisberger got uh, AFC Player of the Week, I think, or Offensive Player of the Week. 506 yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions. <sighs> yeah, that was nice. That was nice. Um, let's talk about Antonio Brown doing 213 yards. Is that real? <laughs> shouldn't be. It shouldn't be legal. But uh, he did it anyway. And Le'Veon Bell, 13 carries for 48 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Nine catches for 77 yards and a touchdown in the air. Like, that shouldn't be legal either. That's great receiver numbers. <laughs> and he's done... <laughs> um, yeah. Roosevelt Nicks also got a, a clutch touchdown as well, uh, the fullback. Um, on the other side, you know, it wasn't wasn't just the Steelers who were putting up big numbers. Obviously, it was thirty eight to thirty nine. So, um, Joe Flacco had a good game, two hundred sixty nine yards, uh, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Alex Collins, one hundred twenty yards and a touchdown. Javorius Allen, twenty five rushing yards and two touchdowns. And Chris Moore for them got forty eight yards and a touchdown uh, in the receiving game. Mike Wallace, the ex Steeler, was their best receiver at seventy two yards, but. Sean Davis came up with the interception. A very good interception. And the Steelers get the win. You know, um, Chris Boswell scoring some uh, four field goals. Four of four. Uh, three extra points. On the other side, Justin Tucker, five extra points uh, and a field goal. These are the kind of games where you want to be winning. Earlier in the season... There are a couple of bonehead uh, losses. I'm thinking about the Bears in particular, where the King was saying, oh, you know, should you be worried? And I said, as long as we beat the the, the bitter rivals, I'll take those stupid losses earlier in the season. 
this is the second game in a row where we've had to come back and and kick a field goal to win it. And I think that's... I know it sounds like just because it's the Steelers now, but I truly feel that that's better for your team to be in a scrapey win because that shows character rather than just blowing out some bad team. You, know, you don't learn anything if you just blow out a, a side, but if you can fight with them and when it all matters, when the game is on the line with the last second, get the win, then that puts you in a really dangerous position, you know, a pretty good, good dangerous position. You know, you're you're now scary to opposition uh, coaches because they'll never think that they've got the win. And if you can get them mentally, then you've got a good chance of winning it physically. So I'm really happy about that win. And now it's time to move on to Monday Night Football. Now, if it was difficult to stay professional in the last game, oh, wow. The New England Patriots uh, went to the Miami Dolphins and they won 27 points to 20. Hang on a minute. No, it was the Patriots who lost. The Patriots lost to the Miami Dolphins 27 points to 20. And there's three syllables. Why? Ken Yan Drake. Kenyon Drake, what a great game. Uh, yeah. And also Xavier Howard, before we go too far, I mean, you know, Xavier Howard with two interceptions, and they, they were tracked interceptions. They weren't tipped. He read the route. He was in front of it the whole time on both plays. Um, outstanding cornerback play. So that's the defense sorted. Now let's talk about Kenyon Drake again. 114 yards on the ground, 79 yards in the air. Uh, he was an absolute menace for the Patriots defense. Absolutely insane. And Jarvis Landry doing what Jarvis Landry should do. And that scored touchdowns. He got two of them um, on Monday. 46 yards, eight catches on eight targets. And Jakeem Grant as well got a touchdown uh, for the Miami Dolphins. And Jay Cutler, three touchdowns, no interceptions. That is rare. This was a game that he seemed to want to play. If you can get Jay Cutler that interested every week, they'd be in the playoffs by now. Unfortunately, um, Jay Cutler doesn't get interested for much. So something about this game, maybe it's just because it was against Brady, that uh, he found his nuts. But yeah, finally put something together. 263 yards, uh, 70 quarterback rating. On the other side, though, old Tommy Brady, 233 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions we talked about with Xavier Howard, um, a QBR rating of 35. So let's see what, uh, what the Patriots did there. Dion Lewis, um, 67 yards scrimmage, no touchdowns. Rex Burkhead with his traditional touchdown now, um, just eight yards rushing, uh, 45 yards receiving. So these are all uh, slant passes and such. James White got a touchdown uh, through the air as well. So another running back getting a touchdown. But apart from that, this this wasn't expected. This really wasn't expected. But Miami had this game sewn up, really, uh, by the end of the third quarter. New England tried to get back in the game. They got 10 points in the fourth. But it's just a great game for the Dolphins. Great game for Kenyon Drake and uh, for Xavier Howard I know I keep saying their two names but they really were the difference in this game um, let's give someone else some, some love then uh, let's talk about Ndomukin Sue and Jordan Phillips getting uh, sacks for, for the Dolphins great game for them Kiko Alonso playing well 
Um, eight tackles for him. On the other side, you know, the Patriots weren't terrible on defense. They just weren't great. Adam Butler got a sack. Devin McCourty was their, their top, uh, most productive uh, defender. He got a sack and uh, seven tackles. But <laughs> Patriots with that loss now move into a solid second place in the AFC rankings. Um, which means that the game this weekend is going to be even more important for the Patriots uh, as they head to Pittsburgh. For the Dolphins, they're six and seven. But, I mean, no one's—you know—they might be in the hunt officially, but they don't think they're going anywhere. This just seems like a, a division game that that went <laughs> the way the home team. You know, sometimes the Dolphins do get up for games, very rarely, but it's almost always late in the season against the Patriots. Guess I shouldn't have been uh, too shocked. I tried to tell the King last week when he was doing the pick, but wasn't listening. So there we go. Those are... Wow, I just did the, the week 14 games. So I'm going to take a break because I've been speaking for an hour now, non-stop. Um, but we'll come back and then we're going to do some bits about week 15 and the rest of the season. Welcome back, guys, to part two of the Jim and the King NFL podcast for the week 14 recap show with the emphasis on the gym, as there's no king. Boo. <laughs> anyway, I managed to just recap all of the week 14 games uh, sans the Falcons-Saints game that we talked about last podcast. So, before I go through the uh, the week 14 picks uh, that happened between Seattle Dave and the King... Um, I thought I'd have a quick look at the playoff picture because we haven't really talked about the playoffs just yet. Um, just to let you guys know where everyone stands. So, if I start with the AFC, uh, Pittsburgh have the first seed and New England have the second seed. So, at the moment, they get the bye going into the wildcard round of the playoffs. So, just to let you know, the first two teams in each conference get a week off where the other four teams get to play each other. So, at the moment... Jacksonville have the third seed at 9-4. and four. Kansas City, because they're uh, joint top of the AFC West, have the fourth seed. And then actually the fifth seed is Tennessee, and the sixth seed is Buffalo. So at the moment, if the season ended today, Jacksonville would be home to the Bills. Kansas City Chiefs would be home to the Titans. And depending on that win, whoever won that game uh, is who goes to play Pittsburgh and New England. At the moment, the closest people to the, the playoffs are the Baltimore Ravens at 7-6, and six, LA Chargers 7-6, and six, and then really, although they're in the hunt, Oakland Raiders, Miami Dolphins, New York Jets, and Cincinnati Bengals. I'm calling it now that those uh, four teams aren't getting in. There are four of our AFC teams, of course. They've already been eliminated. The Houston Texans, Denver Broncos, Indianapolis Colts, and Cleveland Browns are already out of contention for the playoffs. But I reckon you can throw Cincinnati, the Jets, the Dolphins and the Raiders under that bus as well. So the Chargers have a great chance because they are tied with the Kansas City Chiefs for that division. And they've still got a few weeks left. So that could change very quickly. The Ravens, they've got a relatively easy schedule. So there is a good chance that they could um, could squeeze the Bills. But we'll have to wait and see. I, If I had to make a prediction, I'd say that both of them were getting in uh, to the detriment of the Chiefs and the Bills. On the other side, 
You've got the Philadelphia Eagles at thir- uh, 11 and 2. They're the number one seed at the moment. Minnesota Vikings 10 and 3. They're the second seed. The LA Rams are the third seed. And the New Orleans Saints are the fourth. They've both got a 9 and 4 record. Then the fifth seed are the 9 and 4 Carolina Panthers. And the 8 and 5 Atlanta Falcons are the sixth seed. So three teams from the NFC South are uh, all in the wildcard position there at the moment in the NFC. Uh, the ones that are closest to them in the hunt are the Seattle Seahawks at 8 and 5. The Detroit Lions at 7 and 6. Green Bay Packers now with Aaron Rodgers back 7 and 6. The Dallas Cowboys with Ezekiel Elliott comeback um, in week 15, 7 and 6. And the, the Arizona Cardinals, okay, they're 6 and 7, but let's face it, they ain't getting anywhere close to that. There are five teams already eliminated in the NFC. That's the Redskins, the Bucks, the Bears, the 49ers, and the Giants. So, it's going to be <sighs> so strange the NFC South has got three teams all vying for the, the wild cards uh, spots. And it's going to be difficult for Seattle to get in on that party. But if anyone can do it, you'd say the Seahawks have got a good chance of doing it. As long as Russell Wilson stays healthy, they've got a chance. Um, and I prefer them to the Falcons, so I would personally like uh, the Seahawks to go in rather than the Falcons. But that seems pretty set. I can't see the New Orleans Saints or the Panthers personally letting up. Uh, and the Rams are still healthy, so yeah, they've got a good chance. It's the the Eagles are the big the big question mark really in that division, in that conference. Sorry, because yeah, they've got the one seed at the moment, but it's going to be really uh, interesting to see what happens to them over the last three weeks because they need to keep that momentum up. They want to have that week off. Trust me, they want to have that week off. With that being said, then. Let's just recap the the picks that were made between Seattle Dave and the King. So, oh my word. It didn't go so well for the King uh, in this past week. He got 7 out of 16 right. And Seattle Dave got 9 out of 16 right. So, much much, uh, better there for Seattle Dave than it was for the King. Um, for those of you that want to know where the King went so wrong, um, he picked the Titans to beat the Cards, the Bucks to beat the Lions, the Browns to beat the Packers, and he'd already picked the Saints to beat the Falcons before our, our last pod. Um, the, on the other way around, just to be fair, um, Dave did pick the Redskins to beat the Chargers and the Seahawks to beat the Jags. Uh, and they both picked the Patriots to, to win, of course, that didn't come out. And they both picked the Texans, and they both picked the Bengals, they both picked the Vikings. So, you know, it wasn't a great week uh, for picks, but the King came out below 500 on that one and took a loss. Um, He also took a loss against uh, yours truly in fantasy, so chin up, King. Maybe we've got another reason why you're not on the pod this week. Um, Let's move on to uh, next week's games, okay, because uh, there are some games happening next week, uh, but we don't have anyone to pick. Because the King's not here, and if the King's not here, there's no one to pick against him. So I guess I'm going to let you know what the games are, and we'll have Jim's picks. Because why not, you know? I can only be wrong. <laughs> uh, the first game is uh, the Thursday night, so tonight it's the Denver Broncos at the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I really don't want to pick this game, because... <sighs> Do you want to pick this game? Like <laughs> Denver, they got a win against the Raiders... But no, sorry, against the Jets. But um, 
I can't trust them. I can't trust them, but then the, the Colts don't like winning either. I'm going to go for the Colts because they're at home, all right? That's all I got. Um, yuck, yeah. Yeah, that is a horrible one to pick. Don't envy that one at all. Let's go on then to the Sunday games. Uh, so, who have we got? We've got the Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions. I'm picking the Lions in this game. Um, obviously, Matt Stafford is not as banged up as we thought he was. Or if he was, doesn't matter because he still managed to throw a lot of in, uh, touchdowns. So, I think they have the better team. I think they can stifle that Chicago running game. And the passing game isn't enough to, to get him out of jail. So, I think that Detroit will get the win at home. Oh, my word. The Los Angeles Chargers and playing at Kansas City. This is the one, then. This is the, the swing game in that division. They're both at, uh, at the same record. So, who gets this one? Los Angeles are in form. Four straight against Kansas City. Who just got a win, but against a terrible Raiders team. So... But it's in Kansas City. <laughs> it's in Kansas. Oh my. Oh. Is this what it's like to be the king? I don't like this. This is why I'm not the king. Um, I'm going to pick the Chiefs. Against my better judgment. I, that can go either way, you know. But I just think that that crowd will be on them. Uh, and if they can be as productive as they were last week, then they've got a good chance of, of just winning that game uh, okay so then you've got the Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills I'm going to go with the Dolphins on this game uh, because check the weather report actually to make sure it wasn't snowing and it says it's not snowing on Sunday so if it's not snowing then I think that Kenyon Drake He's got the the confidence now that he hasn't got JGI in front of him. He started, he's he's building himself up. Last week was a great statement game for him against the Patriots. So I see him continuing that on against the Bills uh, with Nathan Peterman or Joe Webb starting. Either one isn't a great um, matchup for them. So yeah, let's go for a Miami win and just like putting a little bit of pressure on for the playoffs. Then you've got the Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns. You know, I might be a Steeler fan, but I really want the Browns to win games. I really feel sorry for the Browns, and I would love them to beat the Baltimore Ravens. I just can't see it. Uh, the way that Jamal Williams ran all over the Browns uh, last weekend, Alex Collins is just as good, if not better, than Jamal Williams as, as a running back. So, yeah, I'm going to have to give that one to Baltimore. Didn't want to, but there we go. Next up, Cincinnati Bengals at the Minnesota Vikings. There's no way Cincinnati's winning this game. Unless, no, there's no way they win. No, Minnesota, they took that loss. Um, they'll figure it out back at home, you'd think. So, well, if not, then uh, someone needs firing. Then you've got New York Jets at the New Orleans Saints. That should be an easy win for the Saints. Uh, Alvin Kamara, I think, is cleared to play. And as long as Alvin Kamara plays, he's the Jenga piece they need. Philadelphia Eagles at New York Giants. Okay, you've got Nick Foles playing instead of Carson Wentz, but that's the New York Giants. So I'm picking the Eagles. That is a great first game for Nick Foles to have to play uh, to start um, the rest of the season. 
So yeah, I see that as a win for the Eagles. Arizona Cardinals at the Washington Redskins. Um, Redskins already out of contention in the NFC. Arizona about to be out of contention. I think that Washington will turn it on at home. Samar J.P. Ryan needs to have a game. He's had a bit of a lull the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, and if Arizona can only score out of Phil Dawson's leg, then Washington have got a good chance of scoring enough points to, to get the win there. So this should be a good game. Green Bay Packers at the Carolina Panthers. Um, I'm picking Carolina. Uh, yeah, okay, Aaron Rodgers is back, and Aaron Rodgers is amazing, but that Carolina team ain't nothing to play with right now. They're uh, they're getting wins against big teams. So, and they want that playoff position. They need to cement it. So at home, I'm picking Carolina. Big game though. Then you got Houston at Jacksonville. So it's, it's a win for Jacksonville. Uh, I think that. TJ Yates might have had a, an alright game last week but he's going to be throwing at those cornerbacks and there's only one result there um, yeah let's let's hope it's another win for Jacksonville and then a, a strong move into the playoffs they deserve it oh my word I've just seen the next fixture it's the LA Rams against the Seattle Seahawks uh, uh, um, I'm going to go with the Seahawks because it's in Seattle um, you don't mess with the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Um, yeah, Deshaun Watson tried it. He got very close, but um, I, I don't think Jared Goff is as good a quarterback as, as Deshaun Watson is. So I'm going with a, a Seattle win on that one. Um, yeah, I don't know why. I think they're just gonna they're, they'll pull it out. Uh, fourth quarter. I think they'll do that. Then we've got the the biggest game of the weekend. It's the New England Patriots at the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'd be stupid if I picked the Patriots. Well, I'm not going to pick the Patriots. I'm picking the Steelers. I think that there are too many weapons. As we've got everyone healthy for the first time against these these guys, um, you can't stop all of them. Can't stop all of them. And if Kenyon Drake can run all over <laughs> that New England defense. I'm pretty sure Le'Veon Bell's got a good chance as well. Uh, and Antonio Brown's putting up multiple 100-yard games every game now, so it's just stupid. Uh, so, yeah, fingers crossed for me. That's a win for the Steelers. Two games left. We've got uh, Tennessee Titans at the San Francisco 49ers. Um, and I'm going to pick a 49er win on that one. Just that Tennessee have been playing such a dip now. Um and the 49ers are getting better with every game. They're getting more confident. You can see that team is starting to come alive. So, yeah. Back at home, I'm going with the 49ers. It's not going to be an easy game, but I think they're going to get that win. And the last game on Sunday is the Dallas Cowboys at the Oakland Raiders. Well, it's, it's the Cowboys, isn't it? You know, I... I can't pick the Raiders, not after what they've been doing in the last few weeks. There's just, there's no real sign of the corpse twitching. That's the worst bit for the Raiders, is that you you don't see that any fire in them. Such a lacklustre performance uh, last week, you know, to score their points at garbage time. They were getting blown out. 
So yeah, I've got I've got to pick the Cowboys. They're on an uptick anyway. They want to get into the playoffs. They've still got a, a sniff at it. So yeah, let's go for the Cowboys. The Monday night game is the Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Falcons don't travel too well, but at the same time, the Bucks have been playing so turgid this season. Like I can't go with them even at home. So let's go with the Atlanta Falcons um, to keep the pressure up on their playoff uh, position. Obviously, the Bucks got nothing to play for now apart from pride, and I know it's a division matchup. It should make a difference. It's under the lights, but um, I think we will see a big game out of Devonta Freeman. So yeah, I'm going to pick Atlanta. And I've just picked the games. So, um, yeah, I think I've done it all. I have done it all. I've had no help at whatsoever from all of that. Um, apologies, obviously, that the King's not here. I wish he was, but he's not. And I just wanted to get a pod out to you guys um, because I love you. So, um, make sure you hit me up on Twitter, at Jim and the King, on Insta, at Jim and the King. Um, or go to jimandtheking.com to check out all of our shows and, and blogs and things like that. You know, we've still got the blogs up about uh, backup quarterbacks. That never gets old. They're still rubbish, and you should still know about them. Um, so have a read of that. Uh, yeah, and next week, fingers crossed, normal service will be resumed. But yeah, until next week, I've been Jim, and thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.